How do you tell if you're recording or not? So it's recording. Okay. How do you not notice that when you're not recording? Uh, yeah, well, okay. I'm me. Okay. I understand. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was, that was the uh, show. I okay. How's it going, eh? It's going pretty good. All right. <laughs> it is time for our annual in-person live, live <laughs> I mean, in-person show. I guess it's annual now. Yeah. Right? We didn't, um, we didn't do it the first year. No. This is the second annual. Second annual. <laughs> Memorial. Wait, no, that's too far. Yeah. Let's not, <laughs> let's not get crazy. <laughs> I'm James. I'm Marcus. And this is, it's just called Two Brothers <laughs> in the Same Room. Still, still two brothers, but uh, again in the same room. Excellent. That never happens. Yeah. Once a year, we get together in the same room. Hmm. So I, I mean, it would be nice to do it more frequently, but... Yeah. And it's the same room. <laughs> it is the same room. There's considerably uh, less clutter. It's mm-hmm. been turned into a, a, a residential Shh, room. So. Don't, no, for insurance purposes, that <laughs> oh, last statement is untrue. I see. All right. <laughs> in, in theory, someone could live here as one could live in a storage locker. That's correct. Yes. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, let's talk about the episode number, which we don't oh, usually yeah. talk about. Yeah, numerologically significant in some way, I guess. Yeah. One it's a palindrome. One, one, one. Yeah. It'll be a long time before we have one of those. 121. Yeah, 121. <laughs> Ten more shows. Okay. It's not really that long, actually. Ten weeks, uh, two, month, two and a half months. Yeah, not too bad. All right. <laughs> so every two and a half months until show 202, and then I guess every two... Yeah, every... I guess it should be a palindrome every two and a half months, right? Every mm-hmm. ten shows? Yeah, for, for these 100s. 212, 222, mm-hmm. 232, Yeah, so every show up to 1,000. Right. Every it's ten shows. Okay. It's <laughs> a deal. <laughs> if you're still with us, <laughs> fast forward to the oh, no. 999, yes. our, our last palindrome for a while. No, no, 1,001. Yeah. Right. Okay, moving on. Oh, yeah, yeah. You got new phones finally. You had it. You yeah. had phones, but no phone service. Well, we had old phones, yeah. and moved um, to Mint Mobile, and in doing so, didn't, according to the wags on Reddit, uh, do enough due diligence because, well, if you'd checked down here, you would have seen like many people with problems their equipment. We ordered phones through them, but they don't supply them themselves <laughs> because Mint Mobile is, you know. <laughs> so, I don't know, Ryan Reynolds' shell company for Tax Dodge? <laughs> yeah. I'm not really sure. Everybody raves about the service itself. Uh-huh. They love the company and they love the service and how it works and all that stuff. But everybody hates the equipment supplier. You know, we didn't get the specific colors that we wanted because they said they were out of stock. Uh, but it turns out they're out of stock of the colors we asked for as well. <laughs> so it took... Uh, just about three weeks to get the order from when we ordered it. And in that time, you know, we, we gave a generous projection out to when, you know, the latest would be to get the phones yeah. so we could transition service smoothly. Right. You got to overlap. Yeah. In your, well, in your planning, you overlap. Right. So um, we, you know, pre-canceled with T-Mobile <laughs> be, before the next bill came up. Right. Because they'll, that's how they get you. <laughs> yes. Um, and, of course, the service ran out. And we didn't have, an, you know, my phone number is gone, my old phone number, and um, 
I just didn't have a new, you know, we had no new numbers to put, no new SIM card to attach a number mm-hmm. to until, what, three days ago? Yeah. I think it was three days ago. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. So we did, I mean, we were able to do our show last yeah. last week, Wi-Fi only. Right. So that was at least good that we were, we were both on uh, Apple, mm-hmm. you know, I've had Android long sure. in the past, but... Uh, yeah, 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 no, you you were so. able to FaceTime me and, and connect up that way over Wi-Fi, it was mm-hmm. fine. We don't do a lot of road shows. No. Uh, speaking of going on the road, <laughs> you've you've been watching The Mandalorian. I've watched one episode. Yeah. Oh, one episode. Okay. I thought you binge you binge watched one episode. <laughs> I rarely do that. Yeah. I'm I'm doing it a bit with BoJack to catch up. Yeah. To season six. Yeah. I, I I finally got onto back onto it uh, yesterday. Mm-hmm. I I binged three episodes. I'm on the last episode now of uh, season five. So you were partway between in, in into the series. Yes. I didn't realize you'd started. Yeah. Okay. Uh, it's excellent. It is really, really good. It is. Episode six has, um, well, spoiler alert. If you you know skip ahead thirty seconds, um, there's a uh, Bojack gives a eulogy for his mother mm-hmm. uh, in a funeral home, a closed casket, and it's just him talking about his relationship with her and ruminating on death and life mm-hmm. for almost twenty minutes. Yeah, I think it's most of the show. Right, there's a little. Bit in the beginning, and then it's all him. Mm-hmm. Just, so, just a sort of stream of consciousness, but of that. I mean, so, to- topic. Yeah, it's supposed to be. I mean, obviously it's scripted, but it's oh, supposed sure, to be course. stream of consciousness. Yeah, yeah. He's yeah. Extemporary. Stream of consciousness. Mm-hmm. It's uh, it's moving. It's it's uh, dis- disturbing. You know, it's sure. It's uh, another one of those that it's not as difficult to watch as stupid piece of shit and the episode after that, mm-hmm. but it is intense. And heartfelt. Yeah. They, it's it's one of the most real things I've seen on TV. Period. Mm-hmm. It's just amazing. I'll, I'll agree with that. Yeah. Uh, and it gets um, it goes dark for for Bojack mm-hmm. um, in the later episodes, but there's so much going on uh, in the cutscenes and other uh, characters going on that it doesn't you know keep you down. Right. So there's some just. Uh, <laughs> I keep alluding to uh, <laughs> right. Todd's robot okay. when, when yeah. you see it. Oh wait, <laughs> when you when you experience see it, it. Yeah. <laughs> let's, let's, I can't uh, describe it anymore. So right. yeah, it's just no, let's move on then. Yeah. <laughs> so I was reading a TIFU on on Reddit <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> today. I effed up. Yeah, uh, shall we say? And <laughs> this guy was talking about his, uh, his mother-in-law got his daughter a uh, a Christmas present of a Shel Silverstein book. Which one? It was called Different Dances. Yeah, and I don't know that one. Yeah, it's weird. I'm sure. I, did did mom not have that one? I guess not. I, or didn't I, did I see it? Buy in it. The library? I, I'm surprised I didn't see it at the bookstore or anything. But I didn't know it by name, mm-hmm. but I knew it by the the uh, the drawings. Okay. Um, and it is filled with. It's for adults. Sure. Okay. It's filled with um scenes of uh, just sort of political and life commentary. Not not too political, but just sort of in general. Okay. And then there's a lot of nudity. <laughs> <laughs> Dicks everywhere is what the, is how the guy described <laughs> it. Uh, to to back up a bit, so he he um, said, "Oh, neat." When she opened the present, uh-huh. "Hey, Shel Silverstein, I grew up with those books." Blah blah blah. Cue, you know, a few hours later, the daughter comes out of her room. Said, "This book is inappropriate." <laughs> <laughs> and she was, I don't know, eight okay. or nine. <laughs> so then when he looked at it, he's like, "Whoa." didn't even look at it just yeah. headed it over yeah that's weird well 
I mean, Shel Silverstein. <laughs> who knew that he wrote I an, mean... an adult uh, version of his stuff? All right. So <laughs> seems odd. Yeah, but it does have a um, and it, oh, and he did see like the the uh, branding of hey, twenty fifth anniversary. Mm-hmm. But in the in the bottom of the twenty fifth anniversary badge that they stuck on the cover, it does say something about adult content or uh... something on there. But he didn't you know didn't see that part. Right. <laughs> yeah. Similarly, Uncle Shelby's ABZ book uh... is. For adults, but you know, in the guise of a kids' ABC book, yeah, uh, yeah, there's a but it's it's more wry than dirty, mm-hmm. <laughs> so yeah. And this one isn't, uh, it has a lot of nudity, mm-hmm. but not too bad, sure, uh, not uh, pornographic, right? Except for one where a woman gives a guy a blowjob, but she literally <laughs> blows him up. <laughs> Through that activity, oh, I gotta go look he, at that. He for inflates, that. <laughs> yeah. So, and then there, there was another one that was like so, some guys happen upon a cave, but it's clearly a vagina. You know? oh. So it's the, the the foliage and trees, you know. Right. So they go into it, and uh, <laughs> yeah. Other than that, yeah, it's just <laughs> lots of wieners. Okay. <laughs> various various types and lengths. Fair enough. Yeah. Weird. So yeah, that was an interesting one. <laughs> uh, let that be a warning to me. Yes. To always look inside. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I do have a music share. Okay, what is it? Uh, oh, wait, no, no. You have a music share because I, I forgot we, we skipped the reason to bring up The Mandalorian. Oh, right. Uh, other than it exists. Yeah, I yeah. I want to see. So, yeah, I've, uh, I watched The Mandalorian. I do. I, I enjoyed it. Um, it's, a, it's a Western in space so far. That's pretty much what it is. Mm-hmm. It's, it's fun. But the score stood out to me. And uh, I had to, I was halfway through and I said, I've got to look up who does this because it's fantastic. And it's it's uh, Ludwig Göransson, who is a classmate of Ryan uh, Coogler. Mm-hmm. And Ryan Coogler, of course, directed Black Panther. And before that, I think it's before that, Childish Gambino's uh, "This Is America." Mm-hmm. I think he, he did that video. So Göransson was is Swedish, right? By birth, by birth. But, but then he came to America to go to the USC. Uh, yep. Film scoring program, much like uh, my last week's music share of uh, Peter Boyer, who uh, is not Swedish, but he did go to the USC film score sure. program. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. Excellent, excellent score, and uh, it should be. He's he's extremely gifted as a composer, I think. Yeah.
uh, very versatile, just you know, e- e- able to move between styles and genres with with a plum, mm-hmm. and uh, really kind of on fire to um, dig into the meat of a project. So for for scoring Black Panther, which he won the Academy Award for mm-hmm. best original score, mm-hmm. um, you know, traveled to Africa and uh, Senegal in particular to um, sort of absorb traditional music. Mm-hmm. And I would say definitely deserved the Oscar for that. Um, I have no doubt he will, you know, win some awards for the Mandalorian. Yeah, because it is it is quite good. It is similarly. I, he I don't know if he's a percussionist, um, hmm. but he really is uh, good at scoring for percussion. He, he yeah. He the Mandalorian stuff is a lot more um, sort of metallic and mm-hmm. and uh, and electronic, but it's electronic. it's uh it's still sort of rhythm centric. Yeah. I would say, yeah, he's really good at, at uh, like uh, Thomas Newman is, you know, known for his odd instrumentation mm-hmm. and arrangements, uh, but having a, a sort of syncopated, you know, mesh of of those instruments with the regular score. So, you know, the strings are almost a background right. to what's going on with the other stuff, mm-hmm. and. Um, I think it, I think Gorenson mixes it up a little more, but yeah, he's still got that flavor. It, it's his is a lot of texture where yeah. uh, Newman focuses on melody a lot. Right? Yeah, Gorenson's really great at setting a scene. I think through his choice of um, soundscape. Yeah, sound palette definitely. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. He got oh. I got the flavor of it being a western right away from the score. Mm-hmm. There's a you know there's a <laughs> Ennio Morricone yeah. sort of aspect right that's what i was thinking <laughs> comes through, yeah. on the intro there uh-huh. sort of a ooh, good <laughs> right yes <space."> there it is <laughs> but not but not a direct but not a lift yeah not an homage or a, or right. a lift it's mm-hmm. just it's uh again yeah just uh he's good yeah he's very good i agree i was gonna shift a little bit before i do my music share mm-hmm. i was seeing some stuff about queen the band Mm-hmm. And uh, somebody had mentioned how they're all all of the original members are like highly educated guys. Yes, um, and I, so I believe all of them were in degree programs. Yeah, yeah. So I said, "Oh, are they classically trained musicians <laughs> and, and so forth?" And none of them are. No, none uh, of them. Uh, Freddie Mercury took piano lessons very early on. Right. But uh, Brian May has a PhD in astrophysics, mm-hmm. <laughs> which he did not uh, complete. Let's say you know until right until uh, a few years ago. Yeah, he was in the he was in a program mm-hmm. for a while but obviously you know the band's the duty, duties of the band took over his education yeah he was already studying astrophysics early right. on and and, uh, mm-hmm. and then he completed it later um roger taylor studied dentistry but he was bored with it and mm-hmm. so he got a, a bachelor's in biology instead right. <laughs> <laughs> and then um freddie mercury got his diploma in graphic art and design uh-huh. from uh, i forget which art school in yeah the, i did i never remember um and then uh, john, john deacon, deacon has an honors degree in electronics and yeah. um, you know created a lot of his own sounds mm-hmm. uh, early on through the uh, uh, experimentation and modification. I don't know what he yeah, yeah he must have modded it as gear but I don't know in what capacity mm-hmm. but uh, speaking of which uh, Brian May and his father built well mostly his father mm-hmm. uh, built his guitar right that he used what is it the red red fireplace yeah <laughs> that he's used his whole life yeah you know it's, that's pretty interesting too it is amazing and I, I don't know how he's not paranoid taking it on tour because you <laughs> I, I hear a story every year of some band that got all their equipment stolen mm-hmm. and if there's any guitar <laughs> that somebody would steal yeah you know it, <laughs> um, that's among the top it's it's incredible that it, it just hasn't been uh, that something hasn't happened to it yeah. in general you know some 
right. get it broken he, or whatever. I mean, he probably either just carts it around himself or mm-hmm. has, his guitar tech does one yeah, of the two I, things. I, I, I doubt he just stores it with <laughs> the main equipment. Throw it in the bio, I suppose. <laughs> yes, right. But I, I think over the years he's replaced several parts of it. I think he's probably replaced the mm-hmm. neck more than once and yeah. you know, little, little bits here and there. Is it one of those things? He probably where... had John rewire it at some yeah, point. Yeah, probably... <laughs> I was going to say, is it one of those things where uh, at some point every part of it has been replaced, but it still exists as, as I think the I think the body is still the same. <laughs> Pretty sure. Yeah. And, uh, and there's replicas of it now, so um, I don't know if he plays the original just on stage generally. He might, he might keep that yeah. home. I, I'm not sure. That cross is an important artifact. It belongs in a museum. In a museum, so do you. <laughs> Luke Ford. Yeah, my music share. Mm-hmm. So if we transition to that, yeah, uh, is King's X, and then I was—I can't remember exactly how I got to it. I, I remember the comment uh, asking about it. Oh yeah, yeah, that—that's how I got into listening to Queen. So I was—I was watching oh, a one of Rick Beato's compilations of like the twenty best vocal intros of all oh, time. Oh, okay. And then of course that led in the comment thread. Well, how come blah 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 is not on there? Sure. You know, how can you have it to a top twenty without X, Y, and Z? Mm-hmm. You know, and so somebody his number one was Bohemian Rhapsody, mm-hmm. the best vocal intro of all time. And then, uh, <laughs> so I started looking at the comments, and that about them being um, highly educated guys was right. in there, and so that got me on that rabbit hole for a while. But then somebody mentioned, what about King's X? And they listed several mm-hmm. for there. Although the I think only my music share, everybody knows a little bit of something, is truly a vocal intro. Uh, right. The other ones have some, like a guitar hit or a drum hit or something mm-hmm. along with. It's uh, not that... Shoes with yeah, album. I mean, there's a lot of good stuff out there, but that sort of makes the song in a way.
like it's a it stands out as the intro to Bohemian Rhapsody mm -hmm. stood out. I would say. Yeah. When I listened to this one, and I don't think I'd heard it uh, mm. enough to notice it unless it was back sure. back in the day. Well, because we'd already you know we'd moved apart mm -hmm. by then, and I yeah I was playing it on my own. Yeah. I, I rarely played King's X for other people unless they just happened to be around. Right. Right. <laughs> And they're really uh, this one in particular is uh, pretty funky. It's a it's a funk tune, mm -hmm. and I didn't realize that they were that that they had that element so strongly in, sure. in the music. Because I was listening to some of the other stuff, I'm like oh, especially a little bit later, right? Uh, more, you know, more recent stuff. I didn't know that about them. Didn't mm -hmm. uh, see that aspect. Yeah, still so. there, still still a piece of what they do. Yeah, mm -hmm. it's a trio, right? Maybe. Right. Yeah, Doug Pennick, uh, Jerry Gaskill, and of course Ty Tabor, one of my guitar heroes. Mm -hmm. And I shared—I don't know if we talked about the band when I shared them several months ago, but yeah. um, I don't think we did too yeah, much. Yeah, not really. Mm. But uh, but yeah, just a trio and lots of <laughs> layering <laughs> yeah. of, of vocal tracks and guitars. I get them mixed up in my mind with King Crimson, King's X, King Crimson. Mm. Just but the musically, obviously, no. <laughs> yes, not even close. <laughs> <laughs> but. Uh, then, then I listen to these guys. And I'm like, oh yeah, yeah, that's not right. Crimson. Uh, but yeah, um, and Doug has a, a gospel approach to a lot of his vocals that um, made that band stand out mm -hmm. in, in the metal community. Yeah, it's like metal <laughs> funk. Yeah, a little bit, stuff. but not in not in the same way that you know um, Mike Patton, who's the thing with the band. Um, want to look it up? He's the lead singer for. I want to say Tears for Fears. It's not that. Nope. Tears for Fears after the fire. Three. Two, one, mm -hmm. Faith No More. Faith No More, there you go. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah, Faith No More. It's, they're not funk in the same way as like Faith No More mm -hmm. is funk-based. Yeah. That's serious, you know, part of the music. But it, yeah, it's got soul. Indeed. That was a good one. I, I was happy to run across it. Mm -hmm. Their videos are very dark and not, <laughs> can't not be. emotionally dark, but uh, visually dark. Yeah. Yeah, a lot of black and white stuff. Yeah, not a lot to do with, not a lot to do there in the video. Like, uh -huh. I wouldn't steer anybody to. Oh, you got to see the video. For right, that's King's X song. Um, but yeah, the the music definitely. And the, uh, this is from Gretchen Goes to Nebraska, which is what everybody holds yeah. up as their their best album. I wouldn't mm. necessarily say that, but the opponent, the eponymous one, is probably I put that up there. Or Dog Band, mm -hmm. excellent, amazing song, amazing band. The yes. they're one of those musicians bands. Yeah, that. Uh, lots of musicians know and are fans of, but right. um, they don't get just, as much press. Yeah, just not, not never clicked with the public. I don't, I don't want to say they wouldn't, because you never know. But just didn't get a, didn't get lucky in the way that you would need to mm -hmm. for it to go mainstream. For it to go mainstream, yeah. So they didn't hit the zeitgeist the way some other bands did, mm -hmm. like Queen. You know, they right. they just managed to hit the right place at the right time, and they worked. Hard to keep it. Mm -hmm. I forget what somebody said. It was like the Beatles meets for Queen. Mm. It was the Beatles meets Yes or something like that. I don't mm. remember if it was the Beatles. Something meets Yes, but it was like a yes. sort of classic rock. Weird. Yeah, I don't know if I'd say no, that. that. Wait, Definitely no. King's X is more Beatles because uh, really? yeah, Ty's a huge Beatles fan and mm. his his song structures run that way. Mm. So the, the combo of their influences is, is great. Uh, Jerry has a more... Like you can hear, they've all done solo albums. Mm -hmm. Jerry has a more sort of um, progressive rock influence. Mm -hmm. I think the the person who was saying, it might have been somebody from Judas Priest who was actually saying that about Queen being 
so versatile. You just never know where they're going to go. That's true. And that I think that was the Beatles part of it, not right. musically, uh, not sonically, but but yeah, in the sense so. that you just never right, they right. could do they could do anything. That is true. Yeah, and they all were songwriters. Mm. So yeah, they all were, they all wrote songs and they all had hits. Yeah. And the smartest one of all, to, you know, Roger, who insisted that I'm in love with my car be on the back of Bohemian Rhapsody. <laughs> I think that's right. Mm. One of his songs. He's like, no, no, no. That's, I want that one on, I want that one to be the B-side. So he <laughs> he made millions off of uh, the big single, <laughs> off of Freddie's big single. Just from selling it. <laughs> yeah. That's funny. Yep. And he's back there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Not that they all, you know, not that any one of them need money, but yeah. <laughs> since uh yeah they shared the credit i don't know that's that's a weird part of music to me i'm i'm not sure even where i stand on songwriting credit it's a tricky proposition because yeah. sting gets all the money almost all the money from the police mm-hmm. recordings mm-hmm. but you don't have the police without Stewart's drum parts certainly and andy's guitar mm-hmm. so you know certainly sting deserves a lion's share for you know, most of the hits, but does he deserve all the money? Hmm. Yeah, th- I was listening to a podcast with, uh, basically it's a composer and band director who interviews other band directors, and he was talking about self-publishing right. versus going through the, the big publishing houses. He's like, on the one hand, they get you tons of exposure. Right. On the other hand, they take most of the <laughs> right. money <laughs> right. for said exposure. Yeah. So, And if they don't believe in you, they won't promote you. Right. Right. Yeah. So to break into the sort of top tier of composers that that everybody will just buy because it's your it's that name. Right. Like oh Brian Balmages? yeah absolutely sure you're you're guaranteed a, a winner John Williams sure no right problem. yes you know, to, he's not a band director uh, no composer specifically but you know anything by him is going to sell right right so but but before you break into that you need publicity but now that self promotion is so convenient so available mm-hmm. through YouTube and. Social media, word of mouth, and all that is is right. so much easier these days. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of new, com- a lot of young composers are going that route because then sure. they have full control. So. Yeah, that's what that's what I always thought the future was becoming was less Aerosmith, more uh, indie, you know, self produced bands mm-hmm. that just sell their stuff on Bandcamp. Oh, the long tail is taking a while to <laughs> to tail out <laughs> to wag that dog. Yes. <laughs> All right. Well, if you'd like to wag our dog, I was going to say wag your keyboard or uh, tail off into uh, something. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of trailing off, <laughs> if you'd like to send us an email, you can send it to bros at it's just called two brothers. Uh, we, are st- we are still occasionally on Twitter at IJC2B. Uh-huh. Oh, we're always in there as far as anyone knows. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Blogging occurs uh, and soon to be. Slightly different, or possibly majorly different. Correct. Yeah, majorly different. Yeah, it's a. I'm gonna. I'm gonna transition to an image. An image mainly blog, sort of Instagram like. Yes. Image. What, what do they right. call them? Stories. I was gonna ask you that last time. Oh. What's the terminology for Instagram? Stories. Hmm. The the story is the stuff that you do every day, and then it's basically um, stealing Snapchat's format, where it lasts for 24 hours and then it's gone. Oh really? Yeah. So you can only you can only access the stories you know as they happen, and it's right? supposed to be your your day to day thing where Instagram posts are you know more permanent. Oh, I thought you were talking about Instagram. Yeah. Okay. Indeed. So my so the blog will be the thing, and then uh, the newsletter, which I have yet to title. The title will will direct uh, the next year's worth of stuff. You could title it Letter of News. <laughs> yes, uh, but uh, basically a weekly thing. 
That's what. It, that's my goal. Excellent. I look forward to it. Thank you. Yeah. Give me my second subscriber. <laughs> After me. I was going to say, you just going to subscribe <laughs> yourself. Well, how do I know it came out right? Otherwise. <laughs> All right. Stop recording.